0: everyone to the Wednesday edition of the markets and mortgages podcast I am your host as always Tyler Crawley and first we got to start I have to apologize for my absence it has been a little while since the last podcast I have no excuse life kind of got in the way I was gone this weekend It was a long weekend I knew it was going to be happening but it's been a while you know COVID and all that stuff that I've really kind of gotten out of my routine and it just really threw me i mean so the day before the trip i just was not as prepared as i thought i was going to be and then when i got back so just so you know i am a golfer i don't play as much as i used to (laughs) but it was a golf trip and i haven't played 18 holes this year all right so like i said i don't play as much as i used to (laughs) at some point do they take the moniker away am i no longer a golfer do i have to Keep that up by playing at least once a month or whatever. So it was, you know, group of guys. We all went to Pinehurst. You know, the mecca, the mecca of the golfing world. Oh no, I said golfing. Golfing is not, I do not believe golfing is a word, so I apologize for saying it. A mecca of the golf world. I want to make that, golfing is not a word. Do not say you're going to go baseballing. Do not say you're going to go basketballing. Golfing is not a word. So went to Pinehurst and it was 36 holes, two days. No, no, no. 36 holes a day for two days, 72 holes, two days. I was exhausted. (laughs) The last time I played 36 holes in one day, I was 18 years old. 18 years old. I am no longer 18 and my body... Let me know, and I was icing my hands in the hotel room after the first night. I didn't even know if I was going to be able to play the next day, uh, but I, I was able to find a way to tough it out, and uh, I, I'm much better for it. I got a lot of sun. I Let's just say it's a good thing I did not do a podcast on Monday and Tuesday, but I'm back. And like I said, it was a much-needed break, so I do apologize for my absence. But we're going to start today's podcast where I left off the last podcast. We were talking about Jerome Powell, of course, the big announcement from the Federal Open Market Committee that raising rates quarter of a point. People like myself said, ah, you probably want to raise them... Probably want to go a little higher than that. Probably want to do a 50 basis point hike. But I was happy just just to see a rate hike. However, here we are, not even a week later, and we're already hearing the discussion for the next rate hike. And they're saying that it's going to be 50 basis points. And this groundwork is being laid than none other by the man himself. And that would be Jerome Powell. Because on Monday... Jerome Powell admitted the error of his ways in believing that inflation was transitory. And can we talk about that for a second? Because I know he's getting beat up pretty bad for missing this calculation and not knowing that inflation was going to be with us for much longer and not doing more to try and stop it. But can we talk about how awesome it is that he's admitting that he got something wrong? Because that, like... Never happens (laughs) with anyone. I don't care if you're talking politics, economics, finance, sports, whatever. You very rarely hear people in powerful positions ever go, yep, we were wrong. In fact, it never happens. So I will just say, I already am a fan of Jerome Powell. I am now a bigger fan of Jerome Powell for him to be able to say, yeah, we got this wrong. We were wrong. And now we're going to adjust and he took a more aggressive tone when discussing future rate hikes and it didn't take long but early tuesday morning goldman sachs released its predictions or what it expects is going to happen and they are now expecting a 50 basis point rate hike in not only just may but also june so they are projecting 50 basis points Coming very quickly. Our best guess is that the shift in wording from steadily in January to expeditiously today is a signal that a 50-bip rate hike is coming. And that's not it. They also anticipate four further 25 basis point rate hikes in 2022, one at each Fed meeting in the second half of this year. And then three hikes in 2023. Their projection is the Fed funds rate will settle at around three to three and a quarter. And so, man, things have certainly changed in, well, just a couple months. But definitely, if you would have gone back a year ago and said what was going to be happening with the Fed, three percent, probably not. And here's the thing, after the Goldman Sachs prediction, a few hours later, Federal Reserve Bank President of St. Louis James Bullard was on Bloomberg, and he said that U.S. monetary policy needs to be tightened quickly to stop putting upward pressure on inflation that is already too high. Reminds me of the rent is too damn high, guy. Where is that? We need that guy back because rent actually is pretty pretty damn high. <laughs> so he, he probably he needs to have a reemergence right now because now now the rent back then looks pretty affordable, considering where things are now. Uh, Buller told Bloomberg, quote, I would probably get to a restrictive policy. So we are putting some downward pressure. History tells us that the faster we move to that situation, the better chance we will have of moving inflation back to target and getting a boom in the U.S. economy. Because that's the big question, right? If you slow the economy down, you're going to cause a recession. And that's why you keep hearing this discussion about a soft landing. What exactly does that mean? It means slowing things down without causing a crash. That's what it means. A hard landing would be a crash. This is a soft landing. Now, when asked about future rate hikes, Bullard was on board with a 50-bip jump saying, quote, we came out of the pandemic and we got surprised by inflation. But now... What you have to do is move the policy rate up discreetly a fair amount, not to be too disruptive, but I think 50 basis points should definitely be in the mix. And just a reminder, Bullard was the one dissenting vote at the last federal open market committee meeting when the committee voted to raise a quarter of a point. Bullard dissented because he wanted to see 50 bips. So he was already on board with a 50 basis point hike. So it's not all that surprising to hear him advocating for a 50 basis point hike. And speaking of the economy, we all know that housing is a big part of it. So that's why people talk about, oh, you know, housing goes up and it helps the economy. There's no doubt about that. But we also know that if things go wrong in the housing sector, as we saw in 2008, things can go really bad for the overall economy. And a lot of people have been wondering when the slowdown is gonna happen with housing. We thought it was already gonna be in place. Last year, people thought by this time in 2022 that we would be seeing a slowdown in housing. And in fact, we got the exact opposite, right? We saw rates going up, people panicked, inventory levels are already low bidding wars even more craziness in the housing market well now we're hearing we have a big prediction out that says we could be on the cusp of a slowdown which is kind of weird right because springtime is usually the beginning of the home buying season and i can tell you right now it's great it's great in north carolina like today beautiful absolutely beautiful it was beautiful last weekend. Feels like spring is already here, in all honesty. And it is. Well, actually, you know, it is. <laughs> See, I told you I was busy this weekend. I wasn't paying attention. It actually became spring this weekend. But it's 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 gorgeous outside. Spring is upon us. And usually that means a big jump in home sales. However, Ian Shepherdson, chief economist and founder at Pantheon Macroeconomics, thinks that this spring season is going to be the beginning of a big drop in home buying activity, saying in a note, quote, the housing market is in the early stages of a substantial downshift in activity, which will trigger a steep decline in the rate of increase of home prices starting perhaps as soon as the spring. So like I said, it's kind of a weird time where this is normally the time that home buying kicks into full gear, but that happened in the middle of January. And so that normal slowdown that maybe we see in the summer maybe also got pushed up and then some. Shepherdson is making this prediction based on falling mortgage demand, which we talk about here on this podcast a lot. And we know refi activity is way down, like 50%, I believe was the last number, at least close to it. And that does get a lot of attention, Purchase activity, according to the latest data from the Mortgage Bankers Association, was off 8% when compared to the same time last year. So yes, refi activity is down big, which really doesn't have an impact on the housing market directly. I mean, people refinancing a home that they're in helps them out may provide some sort of impact somewhat to the economy, but it's purchase demand. That gives you an idea of what is happening with regards to people buying new homes. And that is off 8% from the same time one year ago. And as I mentioned, the overall economy is impacted by housing. A drop in home sales could have a big impact on the overall economy. Shepherdson saying in the note, quote, a sustained drop in home sales, that's new home sales will fall too, would be a direct drag on GDP growth at the margin via downward pressure on residential investment in all the services like legal removals and others directly tied to sale volumes it would also depress retail spending on building materials appliances and household electronics now a lot of people are jumping on this as dire news for housing and of course the overall economy however as we know, and we talk about every day on this podcast, at least when I'm able to record the podcast, the housing market is so hot right now that I think everyone kind of wants to see a slowdown and it's kind of necessary to avoid another bubble forming. For a year, we saw double digit price inflation, actually more than that, probably 18 months of double digit home price appreciation. And very few economists, like legit ones, not Facebook economists, were worried about a bubble. But I told you at the start of this year, you started to hear a little bubbling from economists that they are worried about this continued record home price growth. And so I think that this news will be a welcome sign by many. And some would say, you know, we're already in a bubble. Well, they've been saying that for five years, and I would not put much weight into what they have to say. It's like the j Lo is pregnant people or Jennifer Aniston's pregnant people in like the Hollywood gossip magazines. They always say it, and they never, it never was right. <laughs> and it's like they always would make this argue. Actually, does J-Lo have kids? I actually have no idea if they ever. I don't, Jennifer Aniston never did. But they were Oh oh, look, she might be pregnant. She might be pregnant. And they never got it right. And they never got called for every week making this assumption in the tabloid magazines. And that's what these people who are like bubble, bubble, it's another bubble, two thousand eight. That they're the same, exactly the same. They're just as bad as the paparazzi, just, just as bad, if not worse, because some idiots listen to them and then try and make home buying decisions. Oh, I'm, I'm going to time the market. The market's going to crash. It's not. It's not going to happen. All right, And in fact, Shepherdson even says that. He's not arguing prices are going to drop. He's arguing they're going to slow. Saying, quote, falling sales will hit economic growth at the margin, but rising supply will dampen price gains. And slowing price increases eventually will feed into slowing rent inflation, but likely not until next year. So as I said, you talk to anyone in housing, they're going to cheer this prediction. Slowing prices and slowing demand is exactly what we need to calm things down. The only people that are going to be upset by this is someone looking to sell their home and we're hoping to get $100,000 over asking. They're the ones who are going to be like, oh no, the housing market. No, it's fine. Trust me. And if everything is so hot, I mean, you have what? 50 offers on a house right now? So let's say the housing market, let's say demand decreases by 95%. So now you what you have five people bidding on a home? <laughs> That's still not bad. You're still going to have bidding wars. That's how crazy things are. And they got to slow down. They have to. And so, like I said, some people will say, oh, no, this is a horrible thing. But talk to anyone in housing. They're going to go good. We need things to calm down because you don't want people to panic buy. And there is an interesting story that's been making the rounds. I saw all over Twitter. And that was a story out of NPR By Jason Fuller uh, Elisa Chang And Justine Kennan Talking about Millennial buyers In particular Maybe more buyers Are impacted by this Having buyers remorse About the house That they bought They wrote With many millennials Maxing out their budget And then later regretting it NPR heard from a lot Of first time homeowners Who made compromises To secure a house Of their own In part because they wanted so badly out of the high rental market. And one of the shocks that many of these millennials are facing is not having a landlord to call. Lauren Morgan, one of the first-time home buyers NPR talked to, after some HVAC and plumbing issues, said and told NPR, quote, "Every time something does come up, I say to my husband, maybe we should be renting." Like, if only we were still renting, then the landlord could deal with this. As I mentioned, she had some HVAC and plumbing issues, which had them second guessing their home purchase, mostly because they waived inspection in order to get their bid accepted. So they had some issues with the home. But one of the problems is because those issues would have been found when the house had been inspected. Maybe, maybe they all just happened to fall apart after they got the house and they wouldn't have found those things. Now, of course, the other issue is the grass is always greener. NPR points out, of course, buyer's remorse in the housing market may seem like a good problem to have, especially to those people who are shut out completely. According to a report released this month, Home ownership among black people in the U S hovers between 42 and 45% while more than 70% or 70% of white people own their homes. So people, they got priced out. They probably said, man, I wish those are the problems that we were having. And so once again, it's a grass is greener argument because the people that were unable to buy a home, but wanted to they love to have those problems, but the people that are having the problems go, man, I wish we could just call a landlord like we could when we were renting. And I think the main takeaway from this is buyer's remorse. I think is understandable. Hot market, you're placing multiple offers, you're getting beat out a lot, so finally you have to go this, you know, make a drastic decision. And in one of these cases, this this woman and her husband decide to skip the inspection, which I would not recommend doing. <laughs> I mean, unless you have a ton of money. And you're going to be able to fix those problems. It's maybe not the best route to go. But okay, fine. They did it. And maybe they are regretting it. But home prices are expected to continue rising. I mean, we've seen some arguments they could be up 10 12%, another double-digit year for home prices. And I feel like that is gonna maybe help them with their decision that they made. Like anything else, having to pay for and schedule someone to fix repairs is not pleasant. But of course there are rewards, which is that after you know 30 years if you do 30 year fixed, your home's paid off. And while that whole time is happening, not only is the home that you the price you bought it, but you've seen appreciation, especially these last couple of years. And so I think the real takeaway from this, in my opinion, I I read this piece by NPR. The real lesson is don't max out your budget. So do not go above what you're comfortable spending because you need wiggle room when you inevitably have to make repairs on the home. And in fact, in the article, they talked to a I think it was a business professor at Virginia Tech who talked about the one percent rule. You want to have one percent, whatever your home is worth. 1% of that needs to be set aside in an account to pay for problems that every home is going to have. And so if you're at a point where you need to go to a level, you need to pay for a house at a level that's going to wipe out that 1%, maybe don't do it and maybe say, okay, let's wait for things to cool off. Let's wait till I make some more money because yeah, then you're really going to be regretting that decision. So to me, that was the one takeaway. It wasn't, Hey, you shouldn't buy a home. It was, you need to make sure that all the boxes that you normally check, you're still able to check. Don't extend yourself beyond what you should be able to afford. I think that to me was the big takeaway. Not so much that, oh man, all of a sudden now you have to fix your own stuff. <laughs> like Yeah, that was going to happen. But like I said, there's good and bad. You know, The bad news is when you pay your rent, the rent money goes away. When you pay your mortgage, that money's going into your house. And so there's good and bad. And right now they're learning, unfortunately, about the bad. But the good will come and they'll be very happy about that. All right, we got to go. Want to let you know what's happening today. Of course, it's Wednesday, so 7 o'clock. We got mortgage demand and rates at 8 a.m. Talked about him earlier. Jerome Powell is going to be speaking. I wonder if he'll give any more detail about a possible 50 basis point hike and then at 9 a.m we got new home sales which are expected to increase by 1.1 percent but i want to remind you that zonda economics had their pending new home sale index that came out earlier this week and they showed it falling 1.1 percent now that's pending new home sales versus new home sales so we will see if the two are correlated. But right now, new home sales are projected to rise 1.1%. So no slowdown yet in the housing market, or at least with new home sales. We will see if that is true tomorrow here on Markets and Mortgages. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. And like I said, I'll see you back here Thursday morning for another edition of this amazing podcast. And don't forget, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate. And wait.